This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm, I'm very glad you came out tonight. I think this is a, a special night that, you know, we don't get caught up in just, the, like Shelley said, the hustle and bustle, but we don't give time to, to worship God. And I pray that there's true meaning that comes from this tonight. So... I'm going to start with our tithes and offerings. I'm going to begin in the book of Psalms, chapter 35, verse 27. And the psalm says, let them, and the ones that it says, let them are his people. That's us, your people of God. Let them shout for joy and be glad. Wow, be glad. Don't just think about it, but be glad. Who favor my righteous cause. Now, you can say it a little differently that his cause is righteous And let my people say continually over and over and over and over, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure or delights in the prosperity over the well-being of his servants. And you know, the only reason that can take place is what Jesus did for every one of us. And so I want to drive something home tonight there that you see clearly that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. God God delights in the prosperity of his servants. And that's God's heart, and I I believe that's huge. And so as we pray here over the tithings offerings tonight, I I welcome you to tell the Lord thank you for prospering you another year, okay? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you again for the opportunity to give, to receive the tithes and offerings again. And Father God, every ounce of prosperity that we get experience on a daily basis. We say thank you. Thank you for being the provider. Thank you for taking care of us another year, and we give you glory and honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's places here on the sides you can put an offering in or online, however you choose to do it. Well, again, I I welcome you here. If you got a Bible, go with me to Isaiah chapter 7. And if you don't, everything will be up here on the big screen book of Isaiah chapter 7 so you know the the longer we go on in this thing called life in the world the more you begin to see that the word of God is under attack the Bible's under attack Uh, you see even the Christmas story it's under attack and every bit of it is to dethrone Jesus to put the things of God down and suppress those things but again, I believe it's very important that we, we hear the, Christian, uh, the Christmas story because the implications here of this Christmas story, they have eternal consequences. And so what happens here when we go to Isaiah chapter 7 was Father God knew as mankind we needed a Savior. That we proved as humanity we couldn't keep all the laws. Actually, we couldn't keep any of them. And so God had a plan that he would, he would send his only begotten son and, and to save us, to restore us, and to redeem us. And so we begin here in Isaiah 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A prophetic sign was given. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. 
And so when you see the virgin, this prophecy, it irrefutably refers to the Virgin Mary whose this is talking about. And so every bit of what we've already read here has historic fulfillment, but also messianic fulfillment. Because it said, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she'll call his name Emmanuel, which literally means God with us, and was all fulfilled through the Lord Jesus Christ. Which the title that was given here, God with us, is the proof that God is involved in every bit of this. So we go back, way, way back in time with the prophet Isaiah. Now, now just think about this. This was a, a messianic prophecy of what was going to come. So now we go back literally hundreds and hundreds of years. And, and the, the people who heard these prophecies would begin to share with their families about what was going to take place. When would this happen? I don't know, but God said that he was going to use a, a virgin to, to bring forth his son, which would be Emmanuel, God with us. So you go way back, God had a plan. Turn with me to the book of Micah, chapter number five, and you may say, where in the world is Micah? Um, that's a good one. He's, he's tucked in there between Jonah and Nahum. And so when you look at the prophet Micah here, he has some incredible statements here in this prophecy. I'm going to begin in, in Micah 5 verse 2. And so history's going on and things are beginning to take place. And he says, but you Bethlehem, Ephrathah, and all that meant was the, the district or the county that Bethlehem was in. Though you are little among the thousands, O Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one who would be ruler in the land or ruler in Israel. Now, what we just read here in verse 2, and it goes on to say, who's going forth is from old, from everlasting. This is one of the greatest prophecies about Jesus ever proclaimed right here. This right here, what was just prophesied that we read. And what you must understand is you go back seven centuries in advance of the fulfillment of this. Way, way back. And so there became an expectation with mankind that would understand the prophecies and, and what the men and women of God would talk about. And they kept listening and hearing the word that God would say, I'm going to bring a savior. I'm going to bring a Messiah. And again, he said, who's going forth from old, from the past, but from everlasting or the days of eternity. He's good throughout eternity. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time that she who is in labor has given birth. And so once again here, you see Mary. You see Mary, the, the prophecy talked about her. Then the remnant of his uh, brethren shall return to the children of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall abide, for now he shall be great, and the ends of the earth. 
And so again, in verse 4, Jesus' deity and his, his humanity are all combined. And what that literally means is, yes, Jesus was the Son of God. But he did come to the earth as flesh and blood, just like us. He was born to a mother just like me and you. He ends in verse 5. And this one shall be peace. This one shall be the source of our peace. And so we see here that the, the prophet Micah, he highlights the Messiah's birth. Now, we jump all the way to the book of Luke. And if you got a Bible, go with me to the book of Luke chapter 2. If you don't, it's going to be here on the big screen. But now we get into the New Testament. And we get into the fulfillment of these prophecies. And the reason I like to go back to the, the, the prophecies that were given a better, uh, better understanding of this is to help us understand God had a plan a long time ago. And so we pick up here in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, I, I begin to think about this because most believe this was in an area called the Shepherd's Valley. So to, to kind of help you get a picture of this, Bethlehem sits on the top of, I don't want to call it a hill, but, or bigger than a hill, but a mountain. And back east of it would be this valley that you could just see forever. And this was called the Shepherd's Valley. And again, the Lord Jesus is the Son of God, but he comes from the lineage of King David. Many believe that this shepherd's field right here was one where it was possible that this is where King David was watching over his father's sheep. So there's so much history. Now, I want you to picture this, that it says the shepherds were in the field, and note it said, at night. Now, you got to understand, this is out in the middle of nowhere, okay? There, there's nothing out there. And so the only light at this time would be from the stars and the moon and maybe a fire they had going and maybe some torches. But it is very dark out there. There's nothing there, okay? And so the shepherds are watching their sheep. And then it says in verse 9, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. To picture this again. Here, here it is so dark out there. And all of a sudden, the glory of the angel of the Lord shows up. Can, can you imagine how bright it got? I mean, I, I believe that whole valley lit up. And it said, and the shepherds were terrified. Can I help you with that just a little bit? If that was me and you in there, we would be terrified. 
You'd be freaking out. What you'd be doing, you'd be thinking, what is going on here? I'm out here watching the sheep at night, and all of a sudden, everything lights up, and there's this angel. Verse 10. Then the angel said to them, or spoke to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Now, notice what he said. Good tidings. Great news. The greatest news the world had ever heard. And if you read into what he said to all people, Jesus was the gift that God gave to all people. I don't care how distant or disconnected you feel from the Lord. He was sent for all people. Every one of us. Let me just help you a little bit with that too. All of us are sinners. Every one of us. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So in that statement right there, every one of us sitting here and watching by live stream night, we all have an eye problem. The letter I. And if you've ever looked in the middle of the word sin, right smack dab in the middle of S-I-N, in sin is I. And so we had this I problem, and this I problem is this. We can't fix ourselves. We can't save ourselves. We can't be good enough. We cannot do it without what is taking place right here. This good news. And then the angel said, for there is born to who? To you this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And so what you just heard was kind of a peculiar birth announcement. But this was the birth announcement of Jesus Christ. And when you read this right here, this is the reason we celebrate Christmas. For this purpose right here, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so when you see salvation, salvation is a gift for every one of us once again. And this is what God did. He said, I, I got to send a Savior to him. Verse 12. And there will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a, multi a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. Now, I, I try to envision this. So here's these shepherds that show up to work. And they're thinking, ah, it's just a normal Wednesday night. And they go out in the field and all of a sudden this angel shows up. And everything lights up. And this angel begins to tell them good news, what God's going to do. And after he gives them all the information, according to verse 13, a multitude of heavenly angels show up. Now, multitude. There's no telling how many thousands and hundreds of thousands show up. 
And now this valley is incredibly bright. And it said, they begin to praise God. Can I tell you my thoughts on this? None of us in this room have ever been to a concert that was as incredible as this right here. Can, Can you imagine the praise going through that? Can you imagine what was going on in the spirit realm, in the heavenlies? And so they start with this singing and praising. And then in verse number 14, it says, And glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And when you see what they were praising and saying about God, people cannot be at peace with each other until they are at peace with God. Now, the reason I highlight that, that's what's going on in our world right now. There cannot be peace on this earth until mankind is at peace with God. So the story keeps going. Verse 15. So it was when the angels saw from them from into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, now let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste. They were running and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger Now, when they had seen him, they made known this saying which told them concerning this child. You know what? They didn't keep it a secret. They had to start telling everybody, listen, there's a Savior that's born. And and I believe that's the significance of Christmas for us. I believe with all my heart, that's why we give Christmas cards. We sing Christmas carols. We tell the Christmas story because it is worthy to be broadcast. This story about our king should be told over and over and over. So I'm doing you a favor. I'm telling you tonight. He goes on to say here. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. They didn't miss the first Christmas. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen it was told them. And so what you begin to see here is for this cause is why we celebrate Christmas. And the reason that Father God sent his only begotten son to the earth was twofold. To seek and to save that which is lost and to destroy the works of darkness. Can I tell you, he achieved both already? And so, just a couple little questions I wanna ask you. Why am I alive? Does my life matter? Do I have any purpose while I'm here? And to help you answer all three of those None of those will ever make sense, alive matter or purpose, until Jesus becomes Lord of your life. You'll always be searching, why am I living? Why am I doing this? When you give Jesus your heart, life begins to make sense. And so I don't know where you're at tonight again, but I want to highlight this, that Jesus is an everyday Savior. He's literally the gift 
that keeps giving literally day by day by day. And so here just for a second, I want you to bow your head with me. And only you know the condition of your heart right now. And with your eyes closed, remember this, that salvation isn't a matter of trying, but it's a matter of trusting. And the Lord said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you would believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you would be born again. And you may be here tonight and you may say, well, I don't deserve it. Well, the truth of the matter is none of us in this room deserve it. But this is God's gift of grace to us. And when you think about the acronym of grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, I'm saved by grace through faith. And the reason we give gifts is because God gave the first gift and the greatest gift that could ever be given. And so right there where you're at, just with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I want you to say as loud as you can say it where you can hear yourself the declaration that who Jesus is to you. And I'll say it right now, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you're Lord of my life. That's my declaration, that you are Lord of my life. And if you've never said that, I ask you to look into your heart tonight. That you say, Lord Jesus, I declare you Lord of my life. I, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord. And you say, that's very simple. That's how God made it. And if you've been disconnected to God, you feel like, again, he's distant from you. Remember, this is the greatest gift you can ever receive. And you may say, I've blown it, and I've blown it, and I've blown it. Well, we've all blown it. But God still loves you. And so again, just with your head bowed and your eye closed. Ooh, Father God, we thank you for the gift of salvation through your Son. The Lord Jesus, we believe the entire Christmas story that you were born by a mother named Mary. And you came to the earth as flesh and blood. And Father God, we, we celebrate again tonight that you loved us, the people of the world, so much that you brought your son into this earth. And we thank you for this gift tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I get the privilege and the honor tonight to do something that is very special, I believe, any time, but especially this time of the year. If you have your communion elements, you may open those up, and I ask you to keep your little baggies so you can throw them back in there. If you do not have the communion elements and you would like them, 
Get your hand up real high and our ushers will get you one. Just keep them up so these guys can see here they're coming. Keep them up real high and they'll, they'll, they'll get them to you. Thank you guys. Just keep them up. Again, once you're done, if you can please put these back in the baggie and there's trash cans here on your way out, but I'm, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and get those out. And I'm, I'm gonna go in a little depth on this tonight, probably more than I normally do, just because this, this needs to become very real to every one of us in here. So I will begin to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. The apostle Paul wrote, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks to the Father, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, the bread, he said, was the broken body. And he said it was broken for you. Verse 25. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this is the cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So when you see the new covenant, the new covenant was sealed by the blood of Jesus. It was a covenant that had its, its basis in the self-giving life of Jesus. So according to the scripture, uh, Hebrews 9, there is no remission of sin without the shedding of the blood. There had to be blood that was shed for me and you. So this is what is being highlighted here. And if you notice here, there were two realities to the communion elements. We know what I just said, the blood was for the remission of sin for my forgiveness. But the bread was his broken body. And when you study the broken body, it symbolizes everything he went through, but what took place on the cross? Galatians 3.13 says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So when they hung the Lord Jesus on that cross, he took our place that we were cursed as humanity. We were under a curse. And so you know what the Lord Jesus said? He said, I'll become their curse. And so when you study Galatians 3.13, the curse of the law is poverty, sickness, and eternal damnation. So you know what the Lord Jesus said on the cross? I'll become poverty, sickness, and death so that they may experience prosperity, divine health, and eternal life. Verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. That's what we're going to do tonight. Verse 27. Now listen real close, okay? Therefore, whoever eats this bread or, notice the word or, 
or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner. An unworthy manner is a a divisive attitude that desecrates the meaning of the Lord's Supper. Okay? So what he's telling us here, you can partake of the the bread and 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 the cup and you can do it in an unworthy manner. But I can also do it in a worthy manner. And, and a worthy manner is to take uh, or partake with faith in his full forgiveness, his full acceptance, his full power to restore, to strengthen, and to heal. Now, when he says, don't take in an unworthy manner here, Keep reading, and this is going to highlight some things to us. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So if I become biblically, I must follow the order in which was just said. The first thing we are to do is to examine ourselves. That doesn't mean I'm to examine Gloria. I'm not to examine Maria. I am to examine myself. You know what that means? I'm to take inventory of my life. I take ownership. I take full responsibility of my choices and my actions. And so he's saying here, you gotta get your heart right before you partake of this. And you know what that is? Father God, I repent of my sin. I repent of my transgressions, my nick. I ask you to forgive me. Now, why is this so significant? Verse 30, or verse 29 first. For he who eats and drinks in an unweather manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning his Lord's body. You, you bring judgment upon yourself. Verse 30, for this reason, many are weak. Many are fatigued. For what reason? We wouldn't examine or judge ourselves. And not only did we not examine or judge ourselves, we then took the communion elements in an unworthy manner. We didn't appreciate, we didn't value, we did not celebrate what he did. And he said, that's why many are weak. Then he says, and sick. So if I take in a worthy manner, The communion elements, they bring strength back to me. I'm not weak. They heal me. And he ends this and he says, and many sleep. They're not taking a nap. He's literally saying they've died. The reason I said earlier, I'm going to take a little time on this because this is very serious and very important. So you know what I believe the Lord's wanting us to do? 
I believe he's wanting to get us in a position where we partake in a worthy manner. Are any of you tonight in here, you're just really tired. You're just wore out. Ooh, I, I believe Jesus is going to give us a booster shot. Got any sickness? If I read this correctly, ooh, he's going to do something in my body, in your body tonight. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. Actually, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do two things. You can stand up. He's worthy of being stood up. Or I welcome you if you have a desire to kneel. Whatever you do choose to do. But you know what? We like to be biblical around here. And so I want you to bow your head and get real, real, real close to the Lord right now. Don't, don't look around at what anybody else is doing because he said, if you would examine yourself. So let's just obey that. Father God, we look into our hearts right now. If there's any unforgiveness in our heart, if there's any sin in our heart, anything within us that would get us off track and not partake of this in a worthy manner, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. I ask you to forgive me, Lord. Ask him to forgive. Say, forgive me, Father God. Forgive me, and forgive me. And we ask right now, Lord, that you get our hearts in alignment with you. Now, you may take the bread. And Father God, we hold the bread up right now. It's your broken body that was broken for us. And Lord, through this partaking of this tonight, I thank you that it represents divine health, divine life, divine blessing through the Lord Jesus. And Lord, as we partake of this, I, I ask that there be a strengthening for the weak and there would be a healing to the sick right now in Jesus' name. Go ahead and partake. Father God, we take the cup, the blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus. And we thank you again tonight, Lord, that your blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness. That your blood makes us white as snow. That not only does your blood bring forgiveness. But Lord, according to Revelations 12, it marks us as overcomers. So with great honor tonight, Lord Jesus, we, we partake of your blood in a worthy manner in Jesus' name. Go ahead.
goodness of God, huh? Wow. I really sensed when I was in here at lunch praying today, the Lord was going to do something in the communion tonight. I believe that. And you know what? He said, as often as you do that, you can partake of communion at home. And when I, I was studying the word communion, it spells C-O-M-M, and then the word union. Union represents I'm, I'm married to you, Lord Jesus. I'm in a, I'm in a union with you. Ooh, I'm, I'm honored to call you my Lord, my Savior. I'm, I'm honored to be married to you, Lord Jesus. So I am, woo, I'm so blessed that all of you would choose to come out tonight. That, that's why I believe this service is so significant and so important. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.